Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 255. Glad you could join us. Uh, we just have a smaller crew today with a shorter topic list, but I kind of wanted to get Jay's thoughts on some of the stuff we talked about last week. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Jay. Hey guys, it's Jay. Glad to see you, uh, everybody on the uh, post-Easter show. Uh, this will probably be a pretty short show tonight, but uh, we definitely wanted to uh, touch base on a couple kind of uh, neat topics that are floating around that I guess uh, a few people have been mentioning. So uh, glad to be here to, uh, tonight for the quick show. All right. And Libby, you're up. Hello, it's Libby. Uh, it's Monday. So there you go. <laughs> Monday following Easter shenanigans, so we're all like half asleep fried and still recovering from a sugar rush. Uh, and I am Pokey Draven. I help host the show. I do some YouTube stuff. And uh, yeah, glad to be here. So let's get right in with some of the uh, the Star Wars stuff. It's probably a good place to start. So like I told you before the show, Jay, Libby and I and Dante kind of talked about this last week. But I was kind of curious in your thoughts uh, for the trailer for Episode Nine. Well, a um, couple things. Uh, one, I, I thought the trailer was overall pretty well done. It hit pretty pretty much all the notes that I, I thought it would. Um, I am kind of intrigued. I mean, it definitely caught my interest. And overall, it's it definitely gave me a different tone than The Last Jedi. Obviously, there's a big jump between J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, back to J.J. Abrams, which is, it's, I mean, I, I'm, there will be rafts of podcasts and YouTube videos associated with that whole historical movement. Um, I, I like the fact that it did not literally give away the plot of everything in the movie. There, there are so many things that this that I think this movie is going to have to try to wrap up. It didn't try to like walk you through all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think that's good. Um, I thought the characters generally looked good. I thought they put them in some neat kind of, kind of situations. Um, Ray definitely has a kind of Jedi Knight sort of feel to her now in terms of visuals. Um, Kylo Ren is, uh, that, that was pretty pretty baller like when he did like the body slam move on the guy in the uh in the forest uh, much more kind of actiony kind of focused type activities I, overall i thought it was good i thought the scene with lando like uh and chewy in uh, in the millennium falcon where he's laughing that was a phenomenal nod back to like kind of your traditional kind of old guy star wars fans um I think it's pretty good. It, it didn't ruin anything. Got me. I'm still super stoked and interested about it. And it just makes me want to understand how are they wrapping all nine of the movies together with this? Yeah, I thought it was, it was pretty interesting. And, and one of the topics we kind of touched on and, and you kind of brought it up briefly, there's a big shift obviously between um, episode, I was a different director between episode eight and episode nine and, People, I think, is a general sentiment were not too satisfied with the direction that eight went, um, particularly with some of the the characterization of certain characters and uh, some of the plot elements they brought in. When I say retcon, I'm I'm saying this with a very broad sense. But do you foresee Abrams kind of trying to fix some of the stuff that happened in eight and and explain it in a way that's a little bit more acceptable to the fans? Or do you think they're just going to kind of accept eight for what it was and do their best with kind of wrapping this whole thing up. Okay. Is that, that's a, that is a, that's a difficult question. Um, the short answer is I don't think you can retcon. I think, I think you're going to have to deal with whatever was dealt in that last movie. 
because you can't, that's one thing Star Wars does not do in the movies. Um, they do it in a lot of their other media, uh, but they really don't have, they're not in a position where they can just like pretend that shit didn't exist. And that's, that's a tough, that's a tough spot to be in. And I, I would say that in all fairness, the, the response to episode eight was decidedly mixed. It was a lot of like people either really, really liked it or they really, really didn't like it. Um, kind of for obvious reasons. Here's the thing. I actually thought they made some pretty bold choices in episode eight. I thought it, it, there, there were some really, uh, like I said, bold, creative choices they made. I didn't agree with all of them, but I respected kind of Ryan Johnson's sort of take on it. That being said, my biggest problem with episode eight is that the way Ryan Johnson structured that movie, it was as though he was like, I'm fucking done here. No need to do an episode nine. And that's very much how that movie ended. And it makes me really wonder what he was thinking. He was leaving another director for episode nine. Like what, what did he like? How did he foresee this all rolling out in episode nine? Because very, I guarantee you had anybody not named Ryan Johnson, like if J.J. Abrams had done episode two, it, he's already said very clearly he had it. He thought he had a very different vision for what the correction episode eight was. So I, that's my biggest beef with Ryan Johnson's version is what did he think was supposed to come after his, his movie? Um, that, that's, that's kind of the way I, I kind of view it. Um, but they've got a huge task. They really have to wrap up three trilogies in this one. I mean, they have to tie all of this together in in this last movie and i'm very curious to see how they're going to attack that problem yeah and that's that's kind of i was i wasn't sure on it i'm like i'm not really you know what direction are they going with like what's the overall conflict they're trying to resolve like it was with the other films it felt fairly clear in what the end goal of the trilogy was meant to be and this one i'm just like ah who's the bad guy really i mean um, I mean, Kylo Ren is kind of the the bad guy, I guess. But what's the what's the plot? What's the goal of what's happening? And <clears throat> I'm, I'm concerned that it's like are they going to introduce a new conflict and then kind of resolve it in the same film just to have an end cap on this thing? It it's a little concerning. Um, but you know, who knows at this point? It's 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 going to be kind of a crapshoot, I think. That is probably a very good way to um, way to look at it. I think. You're going to see a couple things. One, I think Rise Rise of Skywalker, I think is the name, right? I, I think that's going to – that will be the new name. It will not be the Jedi. It will be the Skywalker. I think that will be the name of what a Force user is. Um, I think it will be interesting to see what uh, – how they discuss the Palpatine piece. And it wouldn't surprise me if Palpatine is somehow – uh, responsible or, uh, you know, help was one of the progenitors of the Skywalker line or something along those lines. I, I like, I, I think you're going to see a few different things floating in and out of there. Uh, but I'm kind of interested. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm super hooked. I'm going to see it no matter, no matter what. I mean, no matter what I thought about episode eight, I got to see episode nine. That's pretty much our sentiment. It was like, we're going to go see it no matter what it is, you know? So, so over, overall, I liked it. I thought it looked good. It was hitting all the right notes. I, I'm digging it. Um, the the a couple other pieces, like one other key piece of Star Wars. Well, two pieces of Star Wars news. 
one a little bit more low-key the mandalorian had some uh like stills released looks pretty cool like like looks really good there's some pretty good there's some pretty good folks in there um Taika Wakiti uh, is playing IG-88 or an, an assassin droid, which I thought was good. Bill Burr, which is one of my favorite comedians of all time, uh, looks like he's playing some sort of mercenary or maybe another Mandalorian or something like that. Um, there, there's a lot of interesting things that could be bubbling around in there. Uh, and I like the idea that they're basically, you're not dealing with anything that is remotely related to a previous Star Wars movie. I think that is a great design choice for for them. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of kind of interested to see how that works out. You know, I think that I think that has the potential to be really cool. Um, and then the other one was obviously that um, they did announce that they've got some Knights of the Old Republic something in um, in development right now, which I, you know again opens up all kind of all all kind of interesting things. Uh, be fascinated to see what that ends up looking like or, or being. Yeah, I think the, the, the world itself affords them a lot of really cool options they can go with. So I think that, you know, they've got the main trilogy, but or the main, the main set of nine movies, but I think that there's, there's a lot of options they could really go with totally separate from, from that, and they're free to kind of do whatever they want. Um, I think that that's, that's pretty good stuff. Um, I had heard that they were, they, they were considering doing the Night's Tale Republic movie. I didn't realize they were actually in production of it. That's pretty cool to hear. Well, well, they said development, and they also didn't say movie. They just So they didn't really highlight it. It wouldn't surprise me if it's more of a streaming service kind of activity. I, I could see them doing that, not so much a movie. Although, I mean, if, gotcha. they, did, if they did a KOTOR-esque type thing, they, there would be a, a huge appetite for it. It's also kind of an impossible situation to be in if, if you're getting asked that question. Like if you say no, then people will freak out and say, ah, oh, but that's what we want. You're ending the, the trilogy, so what are we going to have? And if you say yes, you gotta you got to at least come up with something where it sounds legit, you know. So it's, it's kind of – I'm not really sure they had, an, they had another way out of that one. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they take uh, all these options that they have moving forward. I just watched the movie, so I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I'm that person who's like, yeah, I'll go see it. I don't yeah. know what it's about. I'll go you, see it. Yeah. Billion people in the world. <laughs> it's kind of like you're 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 this invested at this point. You're going to finish it out no matter what it is. So yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move along to uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Did you check that one out, Jay? The the trailer for that? Oh yes, I did. Um, I am very interested, like super duper interested. So a couple things on that one. One, um, it looks like, feels like, smells like, sounds like they are trying to go for God of War in Star Wars universe-ish. Like, not, not so much like pulling that out, but like that like level of gameplay and story uh, and, and kind of, or storytelling rather. So my thoughts. One, they made a massive deal about in the reveal that there is no such thing as loot boxes. It's all like, here's your game. Phenomenal that EA now uses that as a uh, very directly as a marketing component. So, hey, we're EA, but we don't suck. You know, we're not horrible. And if anybody is going to pull that off, I think it might very well be Respawn. Like, they don't miss much. Even when their games are not financial successes, they're normally critical successes. I have a suspicion that 
that this could turn out real well. Um, so I'm super stoked. I like the idea of what they're showing, which is it's 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 more about what do you have to do to operate in the shadows as a, as a Jedi, like immediately after Order 66, basically. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some Force stuff and a little bit of lightsabering here and there, but it's very clear that um, they are uh, like leaning into some different pockets of, of kind of the world. Um, and I hope that they don't do any kind of crazy stuff like, you know, it just makes you wonder, wonder how, how they're going to wrap it in. Hopefully the guy, like whoever the, the protagonist is, he kind of goes along the way and sort of like fades into obscurity or goes off to some, you know, obscure corner of the, uh, of the universe to, to like get his heroing on or something. Uh, so they don't try to like wrap him back in as like one of the yet untold dozens of like uh, protagonist Jedi that somehow made it out of order 66 and then had their own like a uh, multimedia uh, showcase somehow. That being said, it looks good. And the fact that they went with a lot of very like well-known actors and they were trying to like, you know, do things in such a way that you could physically see who it was. I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I had to laugh at, at EA, but you know, I, I won't say c- creates a problem with loot boxes, but definitely was one of the, uh, the catalysts in the, the most recent loot box controversy and then turns around and goes, but Hey, we're not one of those guys that makes all the loot boxes. Don't worry about it. This game's totally legit. Um, that made me laugh, but uh, no, it, it, this looks this looks fantastic. And, and like you said, you know, obviously anything EA puts a bad taste in your mouth. But like, but also like you said, you know, uh, Respawn does a really good job. You know, and, and they've they in in general put out really high quality products that are you know almost always you know successful or at least you know uh, critically good. You know, so I think that this will as long as it stays clean from the usual EA um, bullshittery. I think it has a really good opportunity to be, like you said, a God of War-esque style single-player game that's, you know, very well, you know, good characters, well story-driven to, uh, gameplay. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there. I'm, I'm pretty stoked for it as well. I think it's uh, definitely worth one keeping an eye on. I know it's people have been wanting a single-player Star Wars game. We haven't had one in a long time, so there's, of course, a market there for it. And hopefully when it does come out, it does meet the expectations that will obviously be brewing around it at the time. Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty baller. So I, I am, I'm definitely, definitely interested. Um, I, I really want to see what Respawn can do with this. But it also makes me wonder what all, you know, all those people that were making the, you know, the, the previous Star Wars kind of, um, you know, uh, Nathan Drake S type games or something, you know, like all those ones that got canceled over the last two or three years makes me wonder what they're saying. They're kind of like, what the fuck? Weren't we making that game? That was the game we were making. And then something like, what is this shit? It really makes you wonder what those people are saying behind the scenes. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a bit of a slap in the face. I think when it's like, we were doing that and you told us we couldn't. And then you went, actually, these other guys are doing it instead. Um, it's, it's really shitty, but you know, we've definitely been over that one, uh, extensively, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that must've been tough for them. Okay. So I think we're pretty good on that. Uh, the last thing we really had, I think was the PlayStation five kind of mini reveal on some of the specs that were, that were coming out. So what were your initial thoughts on what you saw with that, Jay? Well, um, that one uh, so it came, I think, through a Wired article, uh, you know, f- formally. 
they were talking to the actual designer of the PS4 who's kind of running the development on uh, the thing called uh, what we're calling the PS5, but I believe what Sony was referring to as next gen, like the next gen console. They didn't actually use the word PS5. Um, so l looking at a quick rundown, you know, big hitting items. It's an eight core processor. Uh, looks like they're going to have a, a fairly high end, fairly high end graphics capability graphics card you know essentially a graphics card capability that it isn't even been released yet on current pcs uh a pretty baller solid state drive which you know i, I think it's thinking referenced to one terabyte solid state drive and the speeds they were talking about is i i would say at the far edge of what you would buy normally today for a one terabyte um just generally it looks like the specs of what you would purchase from a fairly high-end gaming computer today or or maybe sometime late this year or early next year um i think that bodes really well one that means that they're going to they're much more computer driven architecture which gives them a lot of different options and i think you're going to see a, a dramatically more capable console that's a little bit more future-proofed than the, the previous couple generations of consoles have been now they are touting like the potential for 8k video which i'm like i don't know about that i think that really depends on like with ray tracing 8k i mean what are you looking at like you know 30 fps or something in something like destiny 2 i i don't really want that i would like i think you're looking at more like it may have that capability but you're probably looking at something more like 4k 60 fps that that kind of that kind of stuff i think um in, in terms of practical usage so that they, they touted a lot of different kind of stuff and if those things hold true it's it it looks like a very very good uh step in the right direction in terms of what you would want a console to do so what does that mean for for big gaming and things like that i i you're gonna have a lot more capability and capacity in terms of the games you get it you're really going to see some next gen stuff happening uh, that'll be probably very noticeable in terms of the depth of the game. And they, they use the example in terms of Spider-Man, which, by the way, you know, phenomenal game, great, great game. But like many of the games that are out nowadays, you are plagued by loading screens and X, Y, and Z. And there's some other technical challenges that the PlayStation really limits them to. And, and you can fly through those things in a very different way than you can with like a, a PS4 or even a PS Pro. Um, so overall, I, I was pretty heart, heartened by that. I, I thought that's a really cool uh, stretch in terms of what they were offering, at least if, the, if that all holds true. Uh, I do think that it has the potential to future-proof them a little bit longer. But what it also tells me is that I think we, we because they're going to a much more PC-driven style architecture, you might be able to see much faster iterations because with consoles it's like years and years and years in between life cycles of consoles right and obviously they had a couple kind of sort of minor upgrades with the playstation 4 right so they had a couple different versions and different memory here and there and then you had the pro come out as kind of a life extender but if you're going with a more pcs architecture if you that tells me you might be able to update um your your hardware offerings much more frequently um which is probably not bad from a lot of different for a lot of different reasons. So I, I'm kind of interested to in see what, what they what they kind of do with it. They didn't really talk about release dates or targets, but a lot of people are I think assuming um, late in 20 
you know, like Christmas in 20 is, I, I think, what a lot of people are kind of guessing at. Um, so I, I'm just kind of curious, what are your kind of takes on, you know, at least the hardware discussions they had and, you know, may, maybe what you think it, it may mean for like home gaming and things like that? Yeah, I think I think uh, kind of probably the, the major point that we were touching on is what the specifics of the specs are. So everything they were describing was great. You know, the SSD is kind of like a, it's kind of a no-brainer at this point. Like people have been swapping out their PlayStation hard drives for SSDs for since PlayStation 3. Um, and it has always helped with performance. Uh, I, I probably misspoke uh, last week. I, I obviously haven't built a PC in a while. So SSD, I thought they were more expensive than they were. They're still pricey for per, per, per uh, gigabyte, but you know, they're, they're actually fairly affordable. So having like a terabyte SSD um, is probably pretty reasonable. My concern was that the cost of that piece would push the price up just because of, of the nature of what it is. Uh, but I don't think that'll be too bad, actually. Um, as for ray tracing, that's that's actually fairly new technology. I mean, it's not the concept isn't new, but it hasn't really been affordable um, for the average consumer until recently. I know NVIDIA was, was showcasing that actually fairly recently with their newest uh, newest graphics card. So seeing that as a feature for PlayStation 5 is is good. It means that, they, that what they're putting in there is is current and, and a little more cutting edge than probably previous iterations. Um, AK, yeah, I think it's kind of silly. No, no one has an AK... Um, TV at this point. Uh, either they're out there, they exist, but your average consumer probably doesn't even have 4K or they're starting to get into the 4K range. Um, excuse me. I think game developers will probably focus on performance at 4K or less uh, in most cases, but if it has the capability of outputting 8K, cool. But I think people, particularly the console um, average user, is probably getting more concerned with performance and just overall effects and not necessarily having the absolute highest resolution they possibly can have, um, particularly in like a living room setting. So I think that's that's probably, it's cool, I guess, but it, it's gonna be irrelevant to most people. Um, I think probably the, the more interesting one in that we talked about was uh, the backwards compatibility is actually, it's nothing new, but I think that actually is gonna make it a lot more accessible for many people because often it's, you know, I've got my PlayStation 4 games and I want to get a PlayStation 5, but if I want to keep playing my PS4 games, I'd have to, you know, keep my PS4. But I think for a lot of people, um, the resale market's actually pretty important because now, now at this point, if I know that all my PS4 games are going to work on my PS5, I can actually trade that console in to help pay for the next one. And I think it's going to really help drive sales because that can take a big chunk off of the purchase price for a lot of people. I mean, you got a lot of younger kids that, you know, may not have a lot of disposable income, but want to get the new console, but don't want to give up all their old games in the process. I think it's a really good feature for that. So I think it's actually going to do really well for Sony. Um, just from an accessibility standpoint, I don't have to have multiple consoles lined up if I'm kind of in that awkward phase of playing games from both generations. I can kind of retire, you know, my previous console and just have everything on the same one, which is, of course, definitely a quality of life thing. So I think that, that'll be that'll be really nice as well. Um, what else do we talk about? Maybe anything else? I think we were talking about cloud storage. Maybe. Uh, maybe that was my concern. In terms of... Uh, just once you get to a point where you have so much stuff that you want to call on. Um, I, I mean, for me, there's always a memory issue of where you're going to keep it. 
Oh, just in terms of like hard hard drive space, space for yeah, yeah, uh, and that's like I said, going to come down to probably you know what size they go with. One terabyte's probably on the launch edition. It's probably where you're going to be at. Um, I, I, the only concern I have with that is that just looking at the um, the size of games have just exploded lately. Um, particularly if you're running games at a high resolution, you need to have high resolution textures. So that makes your, your game files really big. Um, and it's getting a lot harder to have digital media stored locally unless you have a very big hard drive. Um, one terabyte is kind of like the bare minimum, but you probably want more than that. So I'm kind of curious if they're going to offer multiple versions of of the the console like they did for the PlayStation 4, I think, had like a... It had like a twenty gig and a sixty gig. I forget what the sizes were, but they had multiple versions you could get when you when you first launched. Um, I can see them doing that here, maybe, um, just so they can have that base model of you know here's the price point. But then if you want that bigger SSD, you need to to fork over a little extra. Well, again, it kind of comes down to the details, but you know overall, I think it looks really good. Um, if they actually deliver on what they're saying, that would be fantastic. Um, it is kind of interesting that they. Uh, it was kind of just a very low-key reveal for all this stuff. Like, usually this is a pretty big, big thing. And I'm kind of curious about what Sony's um, marketing strategy is going to be for this, particularly since they've backed out of E3 um, for this year and presumably moving forward. So I'm kind of wondering what they're going to do in terms of showcasing this moving forward until we get to the actual release um, in a year or two. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm kind of... Uh... A lot of this, what what it made me think of is what is Microsoft going to put out during E3? Because I think they're this, this they might be the only show in town for E3, and it sounds like they came out and said, "Hey, we're going to celebrate gaming, and we're going to, you know, I think I just I think they're going to come out come out throwing bombs at uh, at E3, trying to let people know what they have in store because you you had the Stadia, you had you know some hints about a few other things going on with different, like, you know, with Epic here earlier. Um, certainly the PS5 piece, which I think was well-timed or like well-timed on their part because they they're not going to be the E3. They don't have a lot of games coming out right now. And they're trying to, uh, I think, socialize the PS5 stuff. So I think it, it, all of this kind of makes me interested in what is the response you see from Microsoft. Uh, so I, overall, like the PS5 thing is neat, but it, I think this is one of the first real significant sort of dominoes in the in the what's setting up for the console war, you know, the, the, the next gen console war happening. Um, and, and the, you know, these wars are usually won and lost like the year they're released. Like it's not like, oh, wow, Xbox like really came out of nowhere and like, you know, made this shit happen in year three. That doesn't really it doesn't really work that way because once you get the the hard the uh, you know the hardware in your hand you're kind of in the ecosystem and you're not you're probably not moving out of it so I, like this is what I'm kind of interested in over the course of the next year really watching how this excuse me how this shapes up between all of the different people vying for what what will be the the new world console market and potentially you've got some other offerings out there now other than just Xbox and, and PlayStation. Uh, so I, I think this was the first big domino in terms of what, you know, what's going to fall in that world. Uh, be interested to see how it works out. Well, it's interesting because didn't Xbox tease their next gen at the last E3? Uh, I think it was going to be like mainly streaming or something like that. X Cloud, X something like that. Um, well, they've definitely hinted at it. They've kind of talked around it a little bit. Uh, and that's 
you know, and, and that's, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Olivia, that is something that a lot of, a lot of other places are going into is like, how much are you offloading from a machine and doing on a cloud? Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, I, I have some, a lot of questions about that, mostly involving, um, you, you know, some things you can do on a cloud, some things you can't, some, you know, you start like Twitch, Twitch based games with any kind of thing that may inject latency starts to become problematic. So I, you know, I'll be interested to see if PS5 has, like, what are they offloading, if anything? But, yeah, I, I believe that, that Xbox has uh, introduced earlier, like a few months ago, like the concept of what, what they call xCloud. But I don't think they've given a lot of details on it, though. I think stream gaming is going to be – I mean, we, we've talked about the, the Google Stadia um, in the past, and, you know, I – I won't go go into it again. I, I'm not convinced that that it's quite ready yet. So I don't know if the the consoles are going to hang their hat on that just yet. But uh, you know, I, I could see them experimenting with it at the very least. I just don't know if they'd want to dedicate an entire console to it so soon. Anything else on that one, Jay? No, uh, I think we kind of covered that one quite a bit. I, I think, like I said, leading up to E3, I think it sets the stage for a uh, you know what is Microsoft's sort of uh, return salvo. But other than that. Uh, it's neat to think about what this could mean for gaming, uh, just generally. Like, what are the things that are going to uh, potentially flow out of these next-gen consoles? Because, I mean, looking at what you can get out of a PS, like, and I've got an OG PS4, by the way, not even a Pro. Uh, like, I, the fact that you can do something like God of War on that makes me just, like, absolutely salivate for what can you get out of something with the specs that they were touting for the PS5. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be huge. I mean, like I said, the ray tracing is is big if, if that is going to perform kind of at the level that NVIDIA has been advertising. Um, that, that'll be a huge jump because that, that really affects a lot of different things because it can handle sound, it can handle light, um, reflections, that sort of thing. It's, it's going to really make a big difference in terms of kind of bringing more realism to games. And I think that, you know, if, if it... Uh, if it works the way that we're looking at, it's 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 going to be fantastic um, and make and really make a big jump. Like I said, particularly for games like like God of War, where it's you know really really taking advantage of every ounce of power that console has, because that game still um, to this day is like one of the best looking console games you can find out there. Um, it, it's it's bar none. So you know something like that, but on like a, on a new next gen console, that's a big jump. Um, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, like I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally on board with that, man. I, I am, I'm very stoked about what, like, kind of what the next gen gaming is going to be. Uh, I, I think all these things are good signs for us so far. And again, I take a lot of that with a grain of salt too. By the way, uh, I am not, uh, not unaware of the the potential issues that you could have with next gen consoles. But like I said, so far, I'm kind of, kind of digging it. You know, I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking what I'm seeing with it. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, I think that's all I had. If you had anything else you want to touch on, Jay, before we kind of wrap this one up? No, I think that's about it. Uh, overall, not a crazy week in terms of news, but uh, some pretty meaty stuff here and there. And, uh, you know, like I said, just kind of really looking forward to, uh, to getting after it uh, with kind of some of these next-gen consoles in about a year. Nope, I totally agree. All right, uh, let's go into shout-outs then. Uh, so I guess my shout-out is going to go to um, Ubisoft kind of doing a cool thing with... Uh, so obviously the 
this last week, uh, there's a big fire at Notre Dame Cathedral in, in France. It was pretty terrible. Um, it was kind of cool because Ubisoft had actually 3D scanned the whole cathedral uh, for their Assassin's Creed Unity games. They really wanted to recreate the cathedral as accurately as possible. So they had scanned it all um, and had like a, a very detailed 3D scan of, its, of a fairly recent look at, at what the cathedral looked like. Um, so they actually are apparently going to be using some of that information when they try to reconstruct the parts that burned down in the cathedral, which is pretty cool. Um, but Ubisoft has also, in response, decided to release uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, which is obviously a, the, the French-themed game where you can actually go to the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral to see it uh, for free this week. So if you are playing on PC um, up until, I think, April 25th, you can just go to their website and download it for free. Um, and you can keep it forever. Like, it's not just like a free for this week. It's as long as you download it this week, you've got it forever. So that's kind of cool. Um, so kind of a cool gesture for them. And uh, I think they said they're donating like 500,000 pounds to, or euros, I think, to um, to help rebuild. So that's a good on them. And it's kind of a cool gesture. So shout out goes to Ubisoft this week. Uh, Jay, you're up. Yep. Uh, speaking of Ubi. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Julian uh, Garrett. I'm going to horribly mess his name up. I think it's uh, Garrity. Garrity. Uh, Julian Garrity, the, uh, the director over at uh, Division Two. That guy is phenomenally active on social media, um, and you're probably to the point where I, I desperately need to learn how to say his name appropriately. But that guy is all over stuff. If you throw up a uh, I like or hate Division Two about a thing. It's somewhere on on Twitter. Do not be surprised if that guy straight up answers you. Um, just one hundred percent. Don't uh, don't think that's not you know that's not going to happen. Uh, and he's and he's mindful of what he's he's putting up. So like if you put up like, hey, I'm really having a hard time with the game. I'm seeing this problem or that, or I just doesn't feel fun. He will routinely seek out, and I don't mean content creators, I mean just people, and he hits them up with like, hey, what are you, well, what are you seeing that, that's frustrating you? Can you give me an example? What world tier are you playing at? Like, okay, got it. All right, so what, what would feel better if you, you know, what would make you feel, feel better in the game in terms of like, you know, what would we need to change? That guy is all about communication, and I'd like to give it, just a shout out to that, to, uh, to Julian really good example of what you can do uh, when you are focused on providing a really good game experience and you are investing in the community. So hats off to them again, division two. Uh, I, I think they're killing it. Uh, so uh, they, they have done well. Hats off to you, Julian. Yeah, absolutely. It's been good stuff. All right, Livy, you're up. Sorry. I have kid aggro, but <laughs> I'm going to say thank you to this kid's school for giving him the vocabulary like chrysalis. And oh, I don't even know what he just made me, but, you know, shout out to education. <laughs> yeah, this, he, he's 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 a kid in kindergarten. And some of the stuff he comes back, like just explaining stuff like 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 he, like just as an example, he was like talking about caterpillars and how they go into cocoons and they turn into butterflies he's asking me can a caterpillar turn into a moth i'm like well i think, I think it's a little bit different it's not quite the same animal and he goes oh okay it has a different life cycle then I'm like yes yes it does actually so yeah it's, it's been good stuff 
All right, guys, that's our show. Uh, sorry about being kind of short, but uh, just not a ton of stuff going on this week. And I did kind of want to get Jay's hot take on some of the Star Wars and, and PlayStation stuff because we we do touch on that pretty heavily, and it was uh, it, it's interesting. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, as usual, if you want to be on the show or you want us to cover any topics, head over to biomass.com and let us know. With that being said, have a great week. And we'll see you next time.